Hi everyone, my name is Anika Aftab, and welcome to The Only in the Room, the podcast where we explore stories of some incredible humans that have felt like an only in a room full of people. Despite all that, they decided to transform their experiences and leave a greater impact on the world. Remember, the only is not just a feeling, it's a movement. In this episode of The Only in the Room, I welcome Brandon Brigado to discuss his journey on finding happiness and fulfillment during transitional phases in his life. From leaving home at a young age to navigating the loss of his hockey career, Brandon shares the valuable lessons he's learned about detachment, reframing thoughts, and prioritizing inner growth. Join us as we delve into mindfulness, rewiring the brain, and the power of embracing pain to achieve personal growth. What up, guys? My name is Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, Bergado, last name, B-E-R-G-A-D-O. Thanks, Brandon. I'm very excited to have you here with us today. Um, can you tell me why you were given this name? Yeah, well, in all honesty, there's nothing too deep. My mom and dad both like the name Kyle and Brandon. And my dad actually chose my name by yelling out Brandon because he knew he was going to get angry and yell from the bottom of the stairs up like, hey, Brandon, come like, yeah, come downstairs. So we thought Brandon sounded nicer than Kyle when he yelled it. So my first name is Brandon. My middle name is Kyle. And then my last name is oh Bergato. That's literally it. It's just they like the name of it. Nothing too it's, deep. It's simple and sweet, and I appreciate it. That's all that matters. Uh-huh. So I love it. And so where are you from? Like, where where are you located right now? I'm currently in school in San Diego, California right now. But home, home where my parents' family live is San Jose. Nice. Very cool. So you're a California baby through and through? Absolutely, yeah. I, I like it a lot here. I've lived around in different places, traveled through hockey, but I think San Diego is probably one of my favorite places on earth right now. I love it. I do absolutely love San Diego, so I understand. Mm-hmm. So where do you consider home to be for you? For sure, San Jose right away. But I've spent, I feel, the last three years here in San Diego, and these have been very transformative years to me, my early 20s. So mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel like San Diego is a new home too. Um and I definitely want to make this home after school. I at least have property here, some place to call a home here. So mm-hmm. it's a little half and half between San Jose and San Diego for sure. I love it. I'm going to come visit. That's for Absolutely. sure. Or you can come yeah. to Hawaii, you know. Yeah, Not I need to make that up. one out there. Yeah, I need Not to make, make that up. one out there. <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit more about like growing up in San Jose. Like what was your childhood like? My childhood, yeah. it was. Uh, so I'm the youngest of five kids. I have four older sisters. Love that. It was a beautiful, um, like, experience just to see how, like, the feminine energy is and existing and living growing up. And then hockey was, like, my life growing up as a kid, too. So I was around, like, all the male energy there. So I'd get a good half and half home and then at hockey. But um, growing up in San Jose was really cool. Um, I was very fortunate enough to have loving parents that, um, like, supported me with what I wanted to do, and that was hockey growing up. So, like, I'll be speaking a bit on that and, like, a bit on yoga because those are, like, the two pillars of my life. But mm-hmm. growing up in San Jose, was it was pretty, like, straightforward. It was go to school, get grades, 
have a good social life and then go to the rink and do well. So as a kid growing up, I honestly, like looking back, it was pretty robotic. I'd literally go to the school, do my work, come home, do homework, and then go to the rink and train and then come back. Um, but all that was like a beautiful experience with having like a beautiful family life, um, supportive parents. Uh, of course, there's some adversity here and there and everything. But um, overall, like when I look back, um, I really enjoyed my childhood in San Jose. It was pretty normal, I think. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I'm really excited mm -hmm. to kind of delve a little bit deeper about the, you mm -hmm. were just talking about the masculine and the feminine. Um, the yes. reason that even like how I picked, like you had picked pain and purpose. I personally mm -hmm. feel those extremes, right? When I live and breathe, I, I find myself kind of, you know, balancing between this like pendulum. And so I'm, I'm very mm -hmm. excited to delve a little deeper into like yoga and hockey. And I know, yeah, you know how passionate yeah. you are about both of those. So we'll definitely get there. We'll definitely get there. So before we mm -hmm. get into it, I know I did give you a homework assignment. It was the three songs that resonate with you most. Do you have those answers? Yeah. And this is going to, this is going to portray my personality. I, <laughs> I did the assignment, but I kind of made it my own because I felt like this was in the past my freedom. I just, there's one song I really resonate with and that I absolutely love. I couldn't uh -huh. think of like the other songs because I wanted to take lyrics into account and, and vibe of the music. But okay, Sleepwalk by Santo and Johnny, my okay. favorite song of all time. And I just feel it is like a part of me on a cellular level when I hear it. It's an oldie song played mm -hmm. with an electric slide guitar. Super cool, super mellow, super suave, like background music, but it's such a nice song where I, like, I imagine I'm like walking in downtown San Diego, like on a date, all dressed up to the nines. And it's just like a nice, nice, takes me to another place mentally. I eventually mm -hmm. want to get married to the song, but that's a song I feel like I resonate with the most because I feel like deep down under, I, I'm pretty like forward, socially extroverted, but like I'm, I'm a fruitcake on the inside. Like I'm a soft <laughs> guy. Like I, I like, I'm very intentional. I overthink, overthink about my emotions and like how I go about human interactions. And so like, there's a big soft side of me and, that's why I translated to teaching the yoga and we'll, we'll get to that later, but yes. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. Um, and I haven't heard the song, so hopefully oh, we at the it. end of the cut, I was going to say at the end of the cut, I'll definitely put a little snippet of it or something along those lines, but I'll definitely yep. listen to it as soon as we're over, like we're done with this. Um, it's a great song. So I love it. And I, I, I like that you did take it to your own, you did it your own way. I'm not offended. One is perfectly fine with me. Um, personally, cool. I only have one, but I've been I've, I've been asking people to bring three, so maybe I should <laughs> I should change that up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell me like about a positive defining experience in your life? It could be one. It could be multiple. And then, what are your thoughts looking back at it now? I think a really good positive experience in my life was. First, when I got to leave my house, so I was 15, all over them, that sounds weird. When I was 15, um, hockey was my life. And I think around like the age 15, 16, it's just a thing like you travel around the US and like play for different teams. So I think it was really positive in my life. And I was really happy that at the age of 15, like I kind of figured out my own, like my own like physical, mental to like be an okay hockey player to like go find a home. And it was in Connecticut. And I was really scared because like we were a little kid. Like I didn't know how the social circle is going to be. I'm going to like, keep myself fed and healthy like dress nice and work out and play well on the hockey team and like not fail 15. in school so like yeah <laughs> I was scared but it was it was a really fun experience and just being able to survive across the country of course my parents are amazing like help support me and talk to them a lot but just being able to survive and kind of grow up and like like oh damn like we're doing this we're 15 years old like we're on this other country we got to figure it out that was a really fun experience I think um 
just being thrown out in those places. Like I love people or like experiences where you're just sink or swim, you're thrown and you need to figure it the heck out. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the experiences in my life where like, I was like, okay, like I can survive on my own. Like I can survive out here across the country. And I was like this young. So that was a really cool experience. I think it forced me to grow up quick. Um, and it was, yeah, just like, a, it's, it's what made me, me, what made me, me. And yeah, I love it. it was a cool That's part of amazing. It. 15. And you had to move mm-hmm. across across the country. How was it? Like yeah, a, an extended fun. period of time? Was it for a season? Like, do you know? Yeah. Or not do you know? It was. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was the it was the whole school year. So it was interesting. Like the schools, like when I look back, it's like Hogwarts. It, it was like <laughs> a, there's 180 kids total at this prep school, all boys school, Connecticut, middle of nowhere. You're wearing like the pastel colored preppy suits and stuff, and like half the school's there for hockey, half's there for like soccer, half for for basketball just like a mix of kids it was like a sports academy um and it was just like a like who sends their kids there I don't know like my mom <laughs> and dad had a lot of trust in it it took my mom a long time to like finally say okay to send my kid off but yeah. um yeah we did the thing and I'm still I'm still here alive to tell a story <laughs> I I love yeah I love the Harry Potter reference of course but sweet so yeah really quickly your parents your mom is she Filipino or mom, I don't remember yes your, my mom your mom's- my mom is Filipino. So both my parents are like pretty much full Filipino. And so people would ask me when I like travel like to Canada or Connecticut or random place that played, they're like, like, cause I'm, I'm like more like, I look, I can look like any kind of Asian. I'm like mainly <laughs> Filipino, but I could, I've gotten everything, Vietnamese, yeah. Chinese, Japanese, everything. And they're like, how did you find hockey? Like I had a curious way. Yeah. How do you find hockey? Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I, I don't know. I'm just here. Like long story short that my mom thought figure skating was beautiful. So she put my sister in figure skating. And as a little kid, I'd be bored every day just hanging out at the rink. And then I was just like, one day, mom, can I please play hockey? She's like, okay, try it. And then <laughs> happy I happy I asked once and it changed my life forever. Wow. And how old were you mm-hmm. when you first asked? When I first started playing, I think I was five. Five wow. years old, yeah. Dang. Five years old. And then just stuck mm-hmm. with you, right? It just, it, I mean, it becomes so central to your personality, like your, your person, mm-hmm. you know, like your whole, your whole being for so long. Absolutely. It becomes, it literally becomes like your identity that like the accolade on your chest you wear every day that you identify with. Yeah. And that's a scary, it's a beautiful thing because you find that community, you dive in that, but that's also a really scary thing because if you lose that, you feel like you're screwed. And I'll be very intentional with those words. You feel like you're screwed. Yeah. But now looking in hindsight, losing hockey because I don't play anymore, that was the most beautiful experience because you're not actually screwed. Like there's so much more to life. Like it's detachment, I think is a superpower as I learned, as I had to let go of things in my life. And um, yeah, I don't know, it's just a cool chapter of my life. I feel like I've worn many random hats, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the chap- the hockey chapter's closed. It will still always be a part of me, but yeah. Well, I would love to, I mean, I love what you just said where it was so central to you. And my, my first mm-hmm. question instinctually was, what happens when you lose it? Cause I know you've like, you don't play anymore. And so like mm-hmm. as someone who has lost it and you felt like you were screwed, like what did that feel like? And what did you do next? Yeah, I, I love this stuff. So it felt like, how to explain it. <laughs> it felt like, it, no, it literally felt embarrassing. It was yeah. so weird. So, so I'll cut the long story short. I grew up, so yeah, played hockey. Travel. I didn't go straight to college after high school, so I went like fly, flew around and played in different places. It was Canada, Maryland, a little bit of Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was 21, trying to get my last D1 scholarship, um, I had to quit. So uh, I got too many concussions. 
Yeah. Flew on a flight home in January from Kansas. And so I had my midlife crisis at 21 years old. Oh my goodness. Like, what the hell, are, what the hell are we going to do now that we don't have hockey anymore? Because I put all my eggs in that basket. I thought that's how I was going to feed my family, you know, like keep myself financially afloat. That was my career. But losing that at 21, I was like, okay, you flew home. You have nothing with you. And to me, like I kept visiting how I visualize it as I kept visiting these red zones in my head mm-hmm. of making up worst case scenario of always showing up to the rink, showing up to family parties, showing up to friends' houses. And everyone always asked, like, because that label you identify with was hockey for me. They ask, how's hockey going? And so since I had to strip that strip that part of me and say, it didn't work out. Like, I didn't do it. Yeah. It was almost embarrassing. That was, like, the first feeling I felt. But when I stayed home and I was just sitting in my room, locked with my thoughts, trying to recover from my concussion when I flew home in January, figuring out what I'm going to do with my life, I noticed that. I had all my basic needs met in my house. Like I had clothes, I had a bed, I had like food. Like I, in a literal sense, was not suffering physically. But because I was visiting these red zones in my mind, making up worst case scenarios, like that translates us to anxiety. I was ruining my own experience of just a peaceful setting of just sitting in my room recovering from a concussion. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed as like, A, I was like, if I attach my fulfillment onto hockey, an external label, like I just did, that cannon will be taken away from me. Like, I don't know, like the blunt language works in like me understanding life, but like everything outside of you can and will be taken away from you at the end of the day. Like everything's temporary in this world. Mm-hmm. It's a scary thing, but that's also a beautiful thing because I think what I realized is if I put my fulfillment on external labels, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. And I was so terrified of feeling this feeling of embarrassment scarce. Like I didn't want to ever feel that again. So I told myself, instead of putting my fulfillment on an external label, like I did with hockey, why not put my fulfillment on my internal state, on who Brandon is? Instead of being happy with getting to show off my accolade of being a hockey player, why don't I just be happy with getting to show off Brandon, like building the happiest, healthiest, most mindful version of Brandon? Mm-hmm. And so that like flipped a switch in my head saying, I don't need all these external labels to identify with. If I switch all my attention and energy into myself, building a happy ecosystem, a happy home in my mind, how to filter my thoughts, and then creating a healthy, happy physical body by nourishing it with good food, I felt like I have my power back finally. I don't feel hopeless anymore after hockey got stripped from me. And so that was like the whole transition phase I went through. I have no idea where these thoughts came from. I kind of would always scare, like I was scared. So I told myself these concussions woke up brain cells. I'm going to have better perspectives (laughs) from them. They didn't kill them. And by the grace of the universe or God or whatever you believe in, like these thoughts came into my head and was like, hey man, like you have agency, you have power, you can be your own therapist and filter your thoughts and notice when you're anticipating worst case scenario, made up scenarios, these red zones in your head, self-talking to like, these scenarios might not even happen. And then A, at the end of the day, if you think all eyes are looking at you, we're all human, we're all on the same way, like other people are looking at themselves. So not, it's, I don't want to be too blunt, but like everyone's caring and focusing on themselves so much. They're not going to go home and be like, and focus only on Brandon, like, wow, Brandon quit hockey. Like, that's so horrible of him. But like, they're going to focus on themselves at the end of the day. So once I kind of realized that, realized that I was anticipating these worst case scenarios, these red zones, I'm like, let's find ways to just exhale and say, it's okay. We're all on the same playing field as everyone else. It's our first time on life. We're just figuring it out. And then I will make those red zones in my head now green zones. Cause I always just want to find ways to interpret everything in the best way possible so that I could stay happy in my head. Yeah, absolutely. But that's the long answer to your question of <laughs> how did it feel to lose hockey? What was the emotion? Well, no, I, I can't even imagine 
I mean, I've had my fair share of concussions myself and yeah. it's, you don't know how bad it is until you're in it because you can't even imagine a world where you don't have, and you've told me, I know offline of like stories of where like you had had concussions so bad you couldn't really even like move or see like, the, like, mm -hmm. like bright lights and like stand in front of a, like a TV or a computer for too long and yeah. all of that. Um, I can't even, like, you don't think that that's not possible until you don't have that ability to function the way that you have been functioning. And it makes you realize how, like, how, like how blessed we are with what we have, like the ability to talk, to speak, yeah. to li like, listen, to see and all of that. Um, and, and remind me how many concussions have you had? Let's say ballpark. I've had like eight in the past, like five years, minor and major. It's Jeez. just, I'm just a noodle head. I'm just like, a, yeah, just, but... it makes you calm. It makes you relax. <laughs> it's the 80 year old version of a 24 year old, but it does. But the thing that you said that was the most like funny to me was that it, it opened, it like lit up some other brain cells where you learned yep. the, the yep. idea of like attach detachment. And I was going to ask you, like, yeah. where did you learn this? Because you're pretty young when you had your first concussion. And then, I mean, we're both pretty, yeah. we're still pretty young, generally speaking. And mm -hmm. so the fact that you kind of not only like live, breathe detachment now and you're actively practicing it, it's just like, were you reading a book? Do you, would you just realize one day that detachment is the key to life? Because <laughs> Yeah, it was it like, this is not for me. This is all from reading like spiritual books buddhist books yeah. like they say it's, it's buddhist like attachment desire is the root of all suffering and i yes. was like hmm, that's interesting but i, I want to explain this because i always explain this my mom always thinks like how do you say you're detached all the time that's horrible I'm like no like you gotta explain this so there's a healthy way to be to detached from everything but you can still stay connected to those things and that's like a saying like in the spiritual realm that a lot of people say but i love it so much because I feel like it's helped me out in my life because if I was still attached to that label of Brandon is a hockey player, I would still be suffering, not having hockey in my life. And how I tell myself these things, is that's your choice, Brandon. You are choosing to sit in that worst case scenario and suffer. Whereas I don't want that for myself. I want to interpret everything in the best way possible. I think that mental, like all mental tension comes from not being able to let go of things. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think just my lifestyle was just forced into detachment. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Obviously, take it with a grain of salt and to each their own. If it's the formula that works for you, if it doesn't, take it or leave it. But I think how I was programmed was so we just said I left the house when I was 15. So I had to say goodbye to my San Jose friends when I was 15. That sucked. That was my first taste of detaching from people saying, man, I'm not going to see you every day, but we can still stay connected on the phone. I can still give you emotional real estate in my heart. You're still a good part of me, but I don't see you every day. Mm -hmm. And then as it was every two years, I would travel to a different place to play for a different team. So every two years, it was a sprint of becoming really close to all my teammates, getting really close to the coaches and the people around me and the places I'd live, and then I had to let go. And that was a cycle every two years. And I noticed like, damn, the first two times I moved around, that sucked. I could still connect with those people on FaceTime or Instagram or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like the first time I moved, I was I was suffering. I was like, damn, I, I won't be able to see my buddies again, and it sucks. But times like three and four came around, and I was like, I've done this before, like, you can say goodbye to someone. You can say like, Hey, like, I love you, man. Like I'll see you when I do next, but I don't know if I'll ever see you again. And like, just being able to say that with a smile or just like a nice peaceful way for me to just be able to let go of things, detach from things and move on. And like, you know, give my best output to the next chapter of my life Yeah. while not staying rooted and stuck in the past. Like just appreciate the past as it is learn from it. Recognize though, it is the past. Like it's gone forever. 
stay where your feet are. You know, like there, we don't have anything. This is from like the untethered soul. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as the future, the past. All we have is the eternal, like present, like now. It's constantly now, 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 now. And I think that's like an important thing that I'm working on is trying to stay present as much as I can. And detachment is helping me do that. You know, recognize things. Some things don't work out how you want. And just saying, oh, well, like that's how life works out. Detach from it and move on. That's That's helped me. Just move with more peace in the next few chapters of my life that I keep going through. So mm-hmm. big advocate for that. I would just like to say that instead of Kyle, your parents should have picked Buddha as your middle name. <laughs> I might have to just put that in the no, system. No. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> you might have to start introducing yourself I think in like another... No, no. I think in another life, maybe I was a philosopher. Like, I love philosophy stuff. I think so. I love overthinking about how to overthink. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I could I could see that. I think you were, like, some sort of stoic uh, philosopher right up in that in that category. <laughs> trying to be. Try, trying to be. I can, I can see that. So, uh-huh. so, I guess my question next is, you know, what advice would you have for someone who has, you know, either experienced, you know, the level of – the concussions that you had or have lost something that was so central to their identity or even just wanting mm-hmm. to be more detached as a human being d- daily. What advice would you have to someone like that? Oh, these are, these are three loaded questions. <laughs> you can, you can break them up. They're three can... loaded ones. Okay, okay. You're on the spot. Let's go here, with the... so... <laughs> I know. I love it. I love being on it. Let's go with the concussions thing. Okay. okay the concussions thing. Concussions suck. They're horrible, but they're a beautiful thing too because they scare the heck out of you to understand how important your brain health is. Your brain health is the driver of your car, and it's also your so it's your mental and your physical regulator. It's that regulates the chemicals, mm-hmm. like everything. I think being scared about my brain this young, it sucked, but like it was a really beautiful thing because it made me super mindful. It scared the shit out of me to be like, oh my gosh, your head got hit. The chemicals are like firing different ways your mood might change whatever but it's cool i thought of it as like it's putting me in a tough arena to where concussions are beautiful where like everything hurts your head so noise hurts your head visual stuff hurts your head you know all this stuff moving physical movement hurts your head so you are forced to sit there with your thoughts and there's nowhere else to go and i actually love that place it's like it's like rock bottom it's like there's nowhere to go but up but rock bottom's a beautiful place because it it gets rid of all your distractions so that you could sit in the mirror, look at Brandon and say like, hey man, let's figure out our mental. Like let's 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 be happy with like the situation we're in. And because I think at the end of the day when I was trying to heal from my concussions, I was noticing like when X gets better, I'll be happier. When X gets mm-hmm. better, I'll be happier. And I noticed that I was choosing to interpret things in the worst way possible. Whereas I was like, if I can shift that and just say, screw that, I'm going to be healthy or I'm going to be happy right now just because I want to. I'm going to be deliriously optimistic just because I want to be. So it kind of forced me to sit on the floor in my room and just be with myself with no distractions because you can't listen to music, you can't watch TV. And it forced me to just talk to myself and build a happy relationship with myself saying, once we heal physically from these concussions, we're going to come out the happiest, healthiest version of Brandon possible that we're excited to drive around and experience the world with. Mm -hmm. That would be the concussion thing. I love it. Okay. You had two others. What was the other one? The other is um, detachment in general, like someone who is trying to practice detachment. Um, And then I think the third was having something that's so central to your identity stripped away. So for you, it was hockey, right? Mm-hmm. waking up tomorrow and being told you can't play the sport anymore or you can't you can't do what mm-hmm. you you thought your whole life purpose was yep 
Okay, I actually like that one. That one got me really excited. I'll think of that one. So if so, let's say the kid he just he lost hockey or whatever. You lost your career. You lost the ability to play music, or whatever it may be. Okay, that sucks. Let's identify it. That sucks. Let's be real. Like, let's not be gloriously <laughs> optimistic with that one. It's horrible. It sucks. But then let's let's go into the imaginary part of your brain, the futuristic part of your brain. That was a beautiful chapter of your life, and it's actually the impermanence of things that make them special. Because if you could have that thing forever, you'd eventually get tired of it. It's like waking up every morning and eating, I don't know, if you like ice cream, ice cream. <laughs> you eventually get tired of it. So appreciate that, damn, that beautiful chapter of my life, it's now closed. Close that chapter. Let that part of you exist and be live in your memories. But don't let that beautiful experience that you love so much live in your head now as a horrible reminder, like a bad experience, you know, like keep, let that be a beautiful entity in your head. And that's all interpretation. And then how you can combat that to like, I know that's a hard thing to do, like go right away, but how you can combat that, always keep your head up and move forward is imagine like how many life experiences you have yet to live, like getting married, having kids, watching your kids grow up. Maybe those kids adopt the same crafts you love. Or you're in a new career and you're finding the confidence to like, holy crap, like I know I had to quit hockey, but dang, I'm pretty good at X. I'm pretty good at something else. Like that new sense of like, wow, I can accomplish something. Like you have so much more life to live. You have so many more beautiful experiences to live. Like get excited for that. I don't know. Like there's so much more to life. Mm -hmm. It's just, but it's what you choose to focus on. If you want to focus on that, go for it. If you don't want to, don't do it. Like, you know, it's it's all up to you. Um, And, and. Yeah. I love that you, and I, I almost think that you answer the detachment question by answering these other two, because mm-hmm. you are practicing detachment through action, right? This is two yeah, very 100%. fantastic examples with con- the concussion and then hockey, where you're, you practice detachment of whether it be your expectations or what you thought you needed to do or uh, all of that, you know? And so I think if you'd like to answer the third mm-hmm. one, please feel free to do so, but um, I think you kind of answered the detachment mm-hmm. part of it as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I think <laughs> I think I said everything I did because I've been saying a lot. We're, we're gonna, okay, okay. Gonna... Um, and then I guess my next <laughs> question is something that interesting you just said. Now is, um, you might realize you might be good at something else. Now, after hockey, did you find another love or? <laughs> Talk about it. I love yoga. Talk about yoga, it. Yoga's tight, guys. <laughs> yoga's the coolest thing ever. You should dive into it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I found yoga. Yoga's the coolest thing ever. Um, you want me to go on like how I found that Tell and what it led to? Tell me how you found it. First and foremost, everyone needs to check out Brandon's yeah. Instagram and his videos. <laughs> I'm going to have Brandon tell me us his Instagram handle in like two seconds. But yes, how did you find yoga? How can we see you do yoga? <laughs> and how do we join you eventually yeah. when you have your master classes? Yeah. So my, my public journal, I call my Instagram, my public journal, the online entity, me that kind of networks while I sleep on Instagram <laughs> is um, Brandon. Mm-hmm. It's all one word, Brandon Berg. Just, it's like half of my last name. That's it. Um, yeah. It's just Brandon Berg. Um, actually, I don't know if there's an underscore in there. We'll put that in the caption <laughs> of this, but okay. It's Brandon Berg. I should know my Instagram handle. That's while you speak, I'll but yeah, I use it. that as a public journal. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> But I just use that as a public journal to find the mindfulness quotes, give out the wisdom nuggets that have helped mm-hmm. me and share the yoga journey. But yeah, so how I found yoga was dope. It was from going to Rock Bottom. Rock Bottom is a beautiful place. I love mm-hmm. it. It's a great place. But so came home from my concussions. I sat on my floor and I was like, all right, Brandon, look in the mirror. Like, what are you without hockey? Like, if you're so alpha and gangster in the physical <laughs> realm, why can't you be that in the mental realm? Like, you're suffering. You're like a mental, you're a mental midget right now sitting in your room. Like, what are you doing? 
And so I out of self-preservation, I already said this. I was like, I wanted to tell myself these concussions woke up brain cells. They didn't kill them. I was just out of self-preservation trying to heal. Um, I started reading books because for some reason, when I was recovering from concussions, Mm -hmm. books didn't hurt my head. So I started crushing mindfulness books because I was like, I have nothing. I feel like I have nothing. Mm -hmm. I want to like find the polar opposites on earth that like essentially have nothing and claim they're the happiest people on earth that live the longest. Who is that? Monks. I don't know what kind of religion, like it could be Buddhist monks or Hinduist monks, whatever, but monks. I was like, those people are fascinating. I want to dive in, try to have an open mind with whatever I can do in life now after hockey. I found that I think they're gangster because (laughs) they can essentially have no belongings, no hair. They can barely eat. They can fast. And all they do is sit in silence all day, but they're so healthy. Their skin looks amazing. They live to over a hundred. I was like, what are they drinking? I want some of that. (laughs) And so it was a lot of self-preservation though, because I was suffering so hard at rock bottom. I was like, I just want to get happy and healthy and I want to figure out how to like interpret everything in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. So boom, that got me on that long journey of mindfulness figuring out how to build a happy home within myself so from there i was just like this stuff's super cool alongside with that i found people doing handstands and like the awesome of the physical postures of yoga on instagram and so that was like my driver to motivate me in the physical realm but i mean yeah that whole played out i started going to school for software my freshman year in san diego as that evolved i didn't know that san diego has a huge yoga mindfulness community so i think once i started getting healthier once i started getting more confident in this new like yoda version of brandon the more calm yogi version of me i was like that'd be really cool to teach in studios because this stuff has helped my life so much i want to one of my missions is i want to normalize mindfulness amongst all different demographics first and foremost the kids around my age that i'm meeting in college find a language that isn't too woo-ha to like scare them away but just say like yo like this is your home your temple you have a conscious in here that's your internal roommate the little conscious brandon that you know judges things has preferences enjoys parts of life why not sit with it, talk to yourself and build a happy home mm-hmm. in here. And so like, I'll use more like just regular language like that um, to like, just kind of present some mindfulness stuff to people. And if they want to keep that conversation going, I love it. I'm here for it. Come take the yoga classes, come meet the people. Let's like sit and talk about journaling. Like I love all this mindfulness stuff. Um, but yeah, that stuff is just like, it's, it's really interesting. Cause I feel like I lost a lot more external things in my life, like hockey and like a lot of people that I used to see every day and being able to go to the gym and go super hard. So I felt like I lost a lot of external, mm-hmm. but I invested a lot into my internal state. And I don't know like how I'm even saying this to this day, but I feel like I'm way happier without hockey and without the crazy, crazy external because I've invested more energy and attention to the internal. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like, essentially, I always use this language, like building a happy home within here because this is home. Like this is, this is the most permanent entity mm-hmm. in your life besides, of course, whatever you believe in, if there's like the universe or God, but like. This physical realm, this is the most permanent entity in your life. You might as well like clean the rooms in this house so you don't go in or like dust off the couches or like paint the outside, you know, like keep this home a happy place to mm-hmm. live. So, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Tight. And I also want to just highlight, <laughs> you said monks are gangster, yoga's tight, and it's yeah. Brandenburg <laughs> underscore. You guys heard that from me. There you go. Brandenburg yeah. underscore is the Instagram <laughs> yes, handle. Is the Instagram Brandenburg handle. underscore. And where do you go. teach? If any of our San Diego fans I teach all wanna... around San Diego. Yeah. If anyone's in San Diego here, I teach at Fit, Fit Athletic. Their location in Little Italy. It's okay. a gym in downtown. Yes. And then Yoga Deck's a cool little like oasis sanctuary. It's outside, but you feel like you're inside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in Bankers Hill in downtown. So two places in downtown. Um, want to add more classes, but 
I need to finish school so I can free up mm -hmm. more time and get that going. I love it. Um, and you're graduating soon too. So that's very, very exciting. Yep. See you later <laughs> school. Never again. <laughs> That's, that's, that's awesome. Um, so I, <laughs> you're so funny. Okay. I'm going to cut this part. <laughs> I just, I love listening yeah. to you talk. I just can listen to you all day. Um, okay. Back to, back to this. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it's amazing how much work you've done to, you know, make your, your mental midget more of a giant now. Right. And I, I'm curious. And so like a lot of my book, you already know my book is titled The Only in the Room. And I, I, I talk about yep. I felt like the only, obviously, because of what it looked like, but also because of the loneliness I felt through the journeys of fixing my mental health or wor working through traumas or working through things that I just didn't know how to articulate because I didn't even know if it like how to speak it into words, you know? And so I'm, I'm curious, mm -hmm. like through this journey, and I know you're still going through the journey, but have you felt like alone mm -hmm. in a room full of people? Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely, yeah, there's definitely been times. Um, yeah, I just want me to elaborate on my experiences that I've had with that and like how I've combined that. Yeah, I was going to say, what, next question really would have been, when do you most feel alone in a room full of people? And after that would have been what do you what would you advice would you have for someone that wants to feel less lonely <laughs> yeah i feel like the times when i felt the most alone in a room was when i was in transitional phases in mm -hmm. my life so switching from hockey to yoga when i felt like i didn't have like an external label to introduce myself as it's like a crazy crazy like weird ego thing we all do is like i'm brandon and then i feel like i need to say we need to say something i'm brandon i'm a a doctor, a software engineer, or like an athlete, or you, you know, you feel something, but no, just being you is enough. Being Brandon is enough. I mean, Anika is enough. Like you're dope in itself. Yeah. Like that's cool. So I think um, for sure in those transition phases, when I feel like my mental perspective was not in the best place, I'd feel like I was alone in a room and I felt like all eyes are on me. Like, who is this kid? But the craziest thing, once you meet people and if you open, ever open up in a room full of strangers, say like, Hey, like, I'm pretty nervous socially too. People are like, whoa, I'm no, I'm nervous socially too. And people are like, oh, then you bond on a human vulnerable level. And that's like almost a superpower. So I think um, I've definitely felt alone in rooms um, based off my own interpretation of it, of thinking like, damn, Brandon doesn't have a label to identify himself with. And I mean, that's just, that's just a silly thing. Being yourself is enough. Like you're a cool entity in itself. Um, and then, yeah, combating that kind of goes into the perspective. It's always your perspective of how you can, um, make your life more enjoyable as what I'd say is I read this book called Captivate. It was a long time ago. I forgot who the author was, but she said stuff where it's like when you're staying in the room and you're staying in the middle of the room and everyone has their tables and their clicks that they're talking to, you could have two perspectives on that. You could have the perspective of the person who's like, wow, I'm staying in the middle. I'm embarrassed. I'm alone. Everyone's looking. You could think that. Okay. But maybe never, no one's even thinking that. Maybe other, other people are just thinking like, oh, I'm happy to be talking to my friends. Or like, oh, hey, there's a kid there. Like, maybe he should join. But you, you'll never know because they're strangers. They won't talk to you. So that's the first perspective you could have. Or the latter of that she was saying is you could stand in your power in the middle of the room and you could be the observer in the room. You could almost imagine that you're the host and you're just you're emulating love and like good energy. You're saying like, I'm so happy to be like healthy in public and just like experiencing a social setting with all these people. Like. Oh, look at all these people having a good time. Now you're like observing them, like you're sending them that love, like like seeing them have good interactions. And then if you're gravitate towards someone, like, hey, like I'll go talk to them. And like I don't know why if that makes sense, but that hit me so hard because like that doesn't change the physical what's happening. You're just standing in the middle of the room looking around at people. 
But once you change your perspective to be like, I'm sitting in the room looking around at people and like admiring and like appreciating like the people watch that's going on. Cause like sometimes you'll go people watch, sometimes you'll watch movies or like you'll watch an entity. Like it's the same thing. It's entertainment. You're almost like allow your like self to unshrug your shoulders, to settle into the room more. And once you're like aura, people can feel your confidence and comfortability in like a setting. You're comfortable and you're like sipping on your drink and you're smiling at strangers. People will be like, who is that person? Like, what are they on? Like, why do they still feel so comfortable and they're alone? Like, who are you? Like, and all you do is change your perspective. You change your energy. Mm-hmm. You put a half smile on your face. You let your shoulders relax. It's it's all created in your in like the mental realm here first, and then that outward energy can be felt. So little things like that that I've read in the book, that one's from Captivate, um, have helped me just like honestly just feel more comfortable in a random place mm-hmm. in the world. Like it's a weird thing. I want I want to literally feel comfortable in no matter what scenario I'm in. So if I'm happy and healthy in San Diego, if I move to a new country and I don't have a lot of belongings or know anyone there, like I still want to be able to sit on the ground look at my body and be like, I'm home. Like I'm Brandon is home and I'm happy wherever I am. Like I just always want to interpret things the way that I can enjoy my life. Wow. I absolutely love that. And I I think just like one of the first points you made was, so one of the things when I was having people introduce themselves for this podcast, I, you know, I did think I was like, Oh, should I have people tell me what they do? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, (laughs) not that I don't care what you do. I do care what you do, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It does, does, not, does not define yes. you. That is. Yes. I just want to know your name, and I wanted to know what your like what your name means and who you are, right? And and that, that's why. I, your, I, story, and your story, yeah. exactly. And so I really love that you put that up there. And then I love, love. I haven't, I haven't heard this yet. So love that. Feel less lonely. Just be more comfortable. Like, which is what a concept, mm-hmm. right? And it's obviously easier said than done. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I have just recently started taking myself on dates and that's been so fantastic. Like I love, love yeah. going out to dinner by myself, love going to the movies by myself. Like that's becoming, I'm becoming more <laughs> and more comfortable in my, my, my own sense of self. And that's I've awesome. realized, and I, I think I've told you this too, is the more I pour into myself, the more I'm able to pour into others. Like I have never, my yes, depth of love yes. for myself is now equated to the amount of love I'm allowed, like I'm allowing myself to give my best yes. friends, my, my like new relationships. And it's just, it is so, so empowering. Like, I, I don't know. I, I have goosebumps while I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel you on, I feel you on a cellular level, hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, it's like, we're all cups, we're all cups of water and like, you can't pour into other people's cup unless you fill your own cup with water. Like that's yeah. Analogy. A lot of people use, but like, you literally can't, like you have to fill yourself up before you can. Absolutely. And absolutely. And then the more you focus on yourself, the more you're growing that cup, you're you're, now you have a vase. Now you have like a bowl, you know? And so it's just, it's so, it's so amazing. Like I, I like this metaphor. I'm going to keep going with it, but that that's awesome. (laughs) Upgrade your cup to a bowl. I'm going to get a (laughs) t-shirt for you that says that. (laughs) People are going to be like, what are you drinking? Another one too that you, (laughs) what are are you on? (laughs) I want what you're on. Yeah. And then another one too, on that perspective thing that like kind of like rocked my world was, okay, let's, let's say like you, you move to a new place and you have nobody mm-hmm. there with you. You're going to have two perspectives on that. And like, this was crazy. It's so simple, but it was just very profound. I don't know why it hit a different part of my head, but it was like, you're alone in a new city. You can feel lonely or you can feel free. You're going to choose what you want to live in. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. Cause it's like, I've, there's been times where I feel like all my friends are busy. I'm like, I'm so lonely. Like I want to hang out and get food or whatever. And then there's been times where it's the exact same scenario, but I'm like, like I'm free to do whatever I want. I can go to whatever restaurant I want, like, or just do whatever. And like, 
nothing changes in my physical scenario, but my perspective changes and allows me to enjoy life more. So kind of constantly figuring out those little tweaks mm-hmm. in your head you can find. And super, they're it like is superpowers. all about perspective, 110%. Always will be. That, yep. That's amazing. And I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love how passionate you are about, you know, everything that you do. And it seems like you put your heart and soul into all of it, you know? And so my, my next question is, what inspires you? what inspires me uh okay what inspires me is drawing inspiration from a lot of different facets of people and it's interesting it's like i'll get inspired from watching a ufc fighter show absolute resilience through like physical injuries i'll find inspiration from watching someone perform a live acoustic performance on npr tiny desk and musician on on like youtube or i'll be inspired by listening to like andrew huberman neurologist through podcasts like how how well versed he is in his realm of like research and so I'm very attracted to people that embody and are so confident in themselves. They figured out how to make the coolest, happiest, dopest, like most raw version of themselves. And I don't know, I like thinking back of that, that could seem almost like selfish. I know like you were raised in sports, I was raised in sports and all you had to care about is make, making sure the physical is healthy, making sure you're able to work out and perform well at your sport and then keep your mental like centered for the battles and the adversity that come up and so like what makes me like what gets me excited every day is kind of creating the happiest healthiest version of brandon mentally and physically that i get to drive around so that i can give the get best output and like encourage people around me and it's almost like be selfish to be mm-hmm. selfless like I, I just i think it's really exciting when because i've been stuck in times in my life where i think like damn like this is it. I'm Brandon. I'm stuck. Like I can't change my ideas, <laughs> beliefs, values, or how I function. Like, no, that's like incredibly crazy. Like you have the choice every day to wake up and be a different version of yourself, optimize different parts of yourself. And if you're perfectly happy with who you are, then don't do that. Don't change anything. Like, it's your choice. Like I just always want everyone to understand and feel that like, don't feel powerless. You have all the agency, all the choice in the world to literally wake up the next day and say, listen to a podcast. and be like, wow, like that person said, to like to listen well is to intentionally care about what the other people have to say. I'm gonna like give myself a little mental software update and become a better listener today and become one step better mm-hmm. in the listening realm. And boom, like that's in- exciting to me. That's like inspiring to just constantly be better for yourself so you can show up as the best version of yourself for your friends, your future family, the future person you're gonna marry. Like just all the people that get to experience like the beautiful like area that you live in this little ecosystem. So. I don't know. I'm just inspired by a lot of different kinds yeah. of people all around I, the world. So. I absolutely love that. Yeah. And you mentioned a little, I just realized we haven't touched on pain and purpose. I know you've touched on like the, you've experienced uh-huh. a lot of pain, I'm sure from, I mean, hockey is a very contact yeah. sport as we already know. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about yeah. how pain has shaped your purpose? How those two things, you know, how do they show up in your life? Pain is a beautiful thing. So, okay, I'm working on rewiring my brain to, yeah, I said this so many times, interpret everything in the best way possible, but then understand that, like, pain is good. Obviously, like, have your have your own, um, have your own, like, understanding of which pain is unhealthy and which pain is healthy. But, like, an example is, like, okay, the pain of losing hockey, of thinking my entire world's ending, that's hilarious to me now in hindsight because that little 21-year-old like Brandon that was suffering, like thought that was the whole worst thing ever, feeling the most pain. But no, like that was that served incredible purpose for you to close that chapter of your life, close that craziness, like wild chapter of your life to now be this more like 
mindful version of Brandon to where you need to experience this parts of life and share like these beautiful um, like experiences with other people and share like what's helped you mentally. Um, so finding, always trying to find purpose in every little like sensation of pain I feel. Another example of, of how I bring this into my everyday practice is I'm a big advocate on cold exposure, cold showers, cold plunges. I love that stuff. There's a lot of physical health benefits like activates brown fat, which burns the white fat in the body. Um, that speeds up your metabolism. Also, when you're depressed, your body is deprived of norepinephrine. And they notice in studies that when you plunge in cold and you're in there from like three to five minutes, when you come out, your body is just fired up with norepinephrine all around and you literally feel high, but a healthy, a healthy, happy high. And so why I bring that up is I like intentionally walking into a cold shower, freezing cold and feel that pain and be like, but this is good pain. Have good discernment of which pain is healthy. And notice if I can intentionally keep putting my physical body or mental, my mental state, if I can intentionally put myself in realms that bring up pain and understand how to calm my nervous system down, handle different magnitudes of stress and be happy in that realm, then I can just keep leveling up more. I can just keep like inducing higher levels of pain and how that can translate is like not pain, but let's say maybe like you could push more weight in a gym, you get stronger or the pain of being stressed of having one responsibility of school. And then once you can handle this one responsibility of school, f figure out that pain, its purpose, then you could add more things to your plate, like get a, get a, like a job, then get a family and take your little kids. Like it just, when you intentionally put yourself in states of pain or stress and tell your body, oh, mm -hmm. it's okay. Like pain is growth. This is, we're supposed to be here. Then you can keep finding purpose in it. That'll be your fuel to keep leveling up and keep showing up for these tough places. And how I start my day out with a simple one of that is just take a cold shower, put yourself an intentional pain, although it's a healthy product of it. And then you can keep leveling up and handle different magnitudes of stress as long as your nervous system is calm. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I love my cold showers. I make sure that at the end of every shower, yeah. I do sit in my cold, like let the cold water run for at least a few minutes. And I've noticed my heart rate yeah, decreased. Good. My skin looks better. Um, and it just, it is, it's, there's mm -hmm. so many benefits to it. And so definitely props to that i i love it um so take cold showers take cold another t-shirt idea <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of t-shirts that are coming out of this yeah there we um, go <laughs> so there we got merch my my next question is what advice would you give little brandon oh this is the loaded <laughs> one this is the one i for sure looked at and i was like okay yeah what are we gonna do here because there's so many options um for sure one thing that really helped me was demystify because when you're young growing up, you think everybody has it figured out as adults that they yeah. know what they're doing. And then if you mess up, you are mm -hmm. wrong and you're screwed. No, the biggest perspective thing that helped me with like calming down, at least growing up was it's everyone's first time at life. And that's like a simple no brainer thing, but like genuinely think of that. Even your parents are quietly meeting while you weren't around Brady, like, yo, like, did we do the right thing to raise Brandon or did the right thing to raise Anika? Like, it's so it, that almost like breaks everyone down so I can look everybody in the eyes. Now I feel like CEOs, doctors, very credible people that I respect and want to learn from, but I can look them in the eyes and unshrug my shoulders, feel more comfortable and relaxed in the room and just be like, you're figuring it out too. Like, you know, maybe break it down on a vulnerable level. Like what's something you're working on in life? What's something you're struggling with? What's something that makes you happy? And that just like makes me feel more comfortable with every person I meet, every room I'm in. If I mess up in my career, like I lose hockey, oh, well, dude, it's your first time at life. Move on, learn your lessons and keep going. So it's just 
kind of taking the seriousness of life away. And then the second part to that question that I love that I want to hit on was, um, not taking credit for this because I saw some TikToks the other day, but it was amazing. It was like, think of life like this. Um, let's say like, because innately, like we'll get a little mindful, like you're conscious, like you're just an awareness that's observing through the eyes of Brandon. And the eyes of Brandon is a character you've created in your head. Brandon is named Brandon. He's a boy. He lives in California. He's good at these things, not good at these things. You've created an idea of Brandon you identify with. But there's a back-end thing called your awareness that just watches that. Because if you took all your physical away from you, like your organs, your skin, your tongue, everything, there would still be that awareness, that conscious, that watches Brandon's experience of life. And so why I bring that up is, okay, you have a soul, you have a conscious that lives up there. So imagine this is a made-up scenario of how to look at life and this like is hilarious to me and it changed how I think of it. It's imagine you're up there and before you were born, whatever you believe in, God, the universe, whatever it is, he or she or it said to you, hey, I'm going to put you down on earth for a certain amount of time, 80 years, 100 years, whatever it is. And you're going to get to experience every human emotion possible, the happiest of the highs, the lowest of the lows, depression, sadness, getting married, seeing your kids get married. Like you get to experience all of it. Would you want to do it like just for 80 years or 100 years in a blimp of attorney? Like you might be hesitant, you might be scared. Some people might say no, but like, that's kind of exciting. Like that's, that is the most elaborate fun roller coaster like experience of a game you could ever play. Like go down on earth and like take the identity of Brandon or someone and experience every emotion possible. Like that would be <laughs> fun. That would almost like make life seem like a game and not make it seem so serious like it's in the world because life is just like the experience of living life is the prize in and of itself. I think that that's a subjective perspective, I believe. Like, just getting to enjoy my existence of life has helped me enjoy it more. So taking that perspective of like, you get to experience every emotion possible by living on this life. Like, that's cool. I don't know. And it made me just like relax and exhale and unshrug my shoulders in life more and just kind of flow through my day and mm -hmm. try to enjoy it more wow. than I can. And that's, so if you were to sum it up in a cool. sentence for younger Brandon, what would you say? <laughs> younger Brandon sentence. Okay. <laughs> That perspective, I'll, I'll try to sum that up. Imagine before <laughs> you were sentence, born, Brandon. your soul up one in the sentence, air. And what a... <laughs> this is going to be hard. You got okay, this. one sentence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Getting to experience life is the gift itself. That's literally, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's from the book, The Alchemist, too. It's like the journey is the prize in and of itself. Yeah, I love that book. Very, very good book that probably a lot of people have read. Like it's the gift of life is the prize itself. Like the journey is the prize itself. The That'd journey probably be is it. the prize itself. That's a huge thing. I love it. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to switch to a, a lighter note. You probably have seen this, but it is if you were a breakfast food, what, <laughs> based on your personality, what food are you choosing? Why? <laughs> a bagel. A bagel. I don't know why I wrote a paper on this freshman year and I was just, I don't know why. Just the first thing that came to mind, I was like, bagels are dope. Like they taste good and you could just put different seasonings on them. And I feel like in my life, I've worn a lot of different hats. Like I did the hockey player thing, went to prep school, wore all the preppy pastel colored clothes. I'm now in like my mindful nerd phase of life. I'm in school for software. So I like love the nerd nerd out stuff. And then I'm also in like the yoga mindfulness realm. So I feel like 
like I've been at the root the same branding, but I feel like I've worn a lot of different hats and worn a lot of different outfits. And like to me, that's a bagel that translates to mm-hmm. being different flavors. A bagel that's different flavors. I love it. So I think I'm a bagel. I love it. Are you yeah. are you adding cream cheese? Are you gonna go bougie <laughs> with like salmon? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah <laughs> just it, depends. it just really <laughs> depends. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. If if I'm if I'm trying to like put on weight, I'll put cream cheese and salmon and capers on it. Absolutely. If I'm trying to cut back, I might have a thin tea. I might have a thin bagel sliced with light butter on it. What do they do? They like you carve out the bagel it's just a grind. and like you can you can even have the emptiness. That's like yeah. how it felt when you had a concussion. Just the emptiness. Absolutely. I, I, whatever I you absolutely want. love that answer. Um, <laughs> okay, so for well we are coming up on time so i wanted to ask what you felt now because you've done such an amazing job being able to you know remove yourself from these titles and these these aspects of your life that have happened can you Mm -hmm. tell me what you think your greatest accomplishment is greatest accomplishment i think my greatest accomplishment was Figuring out my formula, and I'm still figuring out every day, but learning how to be happy with this new version of Brandon after hockey. I don't know if anyone's ever like had an idea of their life if I want to be a doctor or someone in that or or some kind of title, and that gets shut down. That is one of the hardest things ever. Even if it's like the title, like not to get too scary deep, like if it's the title of like being married to someone or having a family, and then they all leave you or something. Like, that's scary losing something like that is terrifying and knowing that that chapter of your life will end and that it gets better on the other side of the hill but then like creating that for yourself and you know building this new relationship with this new version of you that doesn't have that old accolade or that old label you identify with and being being able to smile on the other side and be optimistic at least on the other side I think that's like a beautiful gift that um, everyone can experience, you know, once they lose something and find that transformation of like opening a new chapter. Because I think in life, you are always going to get knocked down. Your things, you're always going to fail. It's inevitable. You're always going to have to try new things. The person that can just like pull up their pants and like start new and start over and start new and start over and keep doing that with a smile on their face, knowing that no matter how much you get beaten up, you keep getting up. Like mm-hmm. that's the coolest thing to me. Um, and I never want to lose that skill or that craft because that definitely is something like that you need to practice and earn and you can lose it. And it's your own formula. It's a beautiful, like figuring out how to find your own formula that works is a beautiful experience. It's super cool. Um, so I think that was one of my, like, if I was to label anything as an accomplishment, I, I think I'm like really happy with how that stuff turned out for me. And it was in that, just inevitable. I think I just opened my heart and see where it led me and I'm just happy in here. And if I have to literally restart over everything again, let's say, God forbid, I leave I lose my job in software and can't work in software for school and I can't be a yoga teacher. It's going to hurt for a while. I'm human. Like it's going to suck. I won't sugarcoat it. Um, but I think I will have the awareness and understanding to pick up your pants and be like, all right, like, let's do it again. We've done this before. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. Let's build a new I feel like I can have a so, whole new podcast episode think, yeah. about Brandon's formula. Like I, I feel like we could talk another hour and a half about this. Uh, knowing us, I feel like <laughs> you're like, I, I have here. dinner plans. Can you hurry up please? Um, I, I, I love it. No, no, we're and, and, and wow. I just, I don't even have like the words for how much I appreciate you, how like much you inspire me. And, you know, just even our group of friends, I, I just, thank you. I've never met 
so many incredible human beings that are all our, our age. But no, for real, Brandon, you are absolutely incredible. And I mean, that weekend, just in general, being able to connect with so many like-minded individuals is something that I haven't experienced in such large quantities. And I'm so, so grateful. Um, even though we've only known each other for a short amount of time, I feel like you're probably someone that understands me, as you say, at a molecular level. And I yeah. absolutely appreciate that. So I appreciate you taking the time. Is, are there any last words you'd like to say? Anything you want to you wanna add? No, I'm just really excited to see this project uh, get going and the finished product. I know I met you like two, three years ago online on a Zoom conference and you were you were working on this book for a while. So I'm really excited to see the whole product of the book of this podcast of everything you're going to release. And I know you have a lot of beautiful things in store. So I'm just really excited. I'm self-promoting you now. <laughs> you're so sweet and i can't i just re realized you were one of the first few people that knew like me before yeah. i forgot that you actually we did know each other back then but yeah. you, didn't, you didn't say anything i do remember I was that quiet in that in that so Zoom quiet yep. oh my goodness well that's i mean i it's amazing right how time just I, i'm you know i'm okay starting over and i'm okay with where i'm going now and this path this path seems so much more like aligned with my values than anything I've ever even written back two years ago. Mm -hmm. And so it's just absolutely amazing. I'm excited and, for it. Yeah. Oh, you're so great, Brandon. This is great. <laughs> uh, feelings mutual. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye. We'll talk soon. Much love. Talk to you, soon. you too. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of The Only in the Room. If you like what you listen to give us a follow on instagram youtube linkedin and facebook the handle is at t-h-e-o-n-l-y-i-n-t-h-e-r-o-o-m that's at the only in the room if you want to connect with brandon give him a follow on instagram at brandonberg underscore that's b-r-a-n-d-o-n-b-e-r-g underscore I hope you have a wonderful day and we hope to see you on our next episode.